Well, good morning. Good morning. We're glad that you're here today. Um, if you have your Bibles and you would, turn me with me to the New Testament. I'm sorry, children, young people are dismissed. Uh, you can go and have a class for you. Uh, Hebrews chapter 13, New Testament book of Hebrews chapter 13. Message I want to share with you this morning is simply titled "Leaving Fear Behind." Leaving fear behind. God's promises are for you and for me. They are precious and powerful at the same time. And if we look into Hebrews chapter 13 and begin to read the words that Paul penned here, I want to begin reading uh, in verse 1. Listen to what he says. Let love of the brethren continue. Okay. So first thing is there an indication that they love the brethren and he, they're already doing this. He said, let it continue. Do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers. For by this some have entertained angels without knowing it. Remember the prisoners as though in prison with them and those who are ill-treated since you yourselves also are in the body. Let marriage be held in honor among all. And let the marriage bed be undefiled, for fornicators and adulterers God will judge. Let your character be free from the love of money, being content with what you have. For he himself has said, I will never desert you, nor will I ever forsake you. So that we confidently can say, the Lord is my helper, I will not be afraid, what shall man do to me? Now, I, I think that list of things that Paul puts together here in relationship to living the Christian life is very interesting. He speaks of six things specifically. First, he talks about love of the brethren. And, and we identified that he says, let it continue, which means it already exists. That they are loving fellow believers, that they are demonstrating that love for one another. And he says, let that continue. Hospitality to strangers. I heard a sermon uh, preached one time, and uh, the sermon the, uh, the title and the whole theme of the sermon is Angels Unaware. And the idea that this text indicates that we can entertain strangers or people that we do not know, and it's possible that those people can be angels that God has sent into our presence, into our midst. And so the idea of angels unaware, hospitality to strangers, remembering the imprisoned and the ill-treated as though we are in prison with them because he said we are a part of that body, the honor of marriage, the love of money, and contentment. I find it interesting that he talks about prison and ill treatment and marriage together. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Don't get all excited. Right? That's just wrong, right? But, but it's interesting that he pairs together loving the brethren, hospitality to strangers, remembering the imprisoned and the ill treated, honor of marriage, the love of money, and contentment. And if you look at those things, you begin to think about, well, what else is there in life? 
What else is there that we interact with on a daily basis that we, we have, uh, have in common with other people? When he talks about the idea of love of the brethren, that would be other Christians, other believers, strangers. We come in contact with strangers on a regular basis. Uh, those who are imprisoned and ill-treated in life, and, and that ill-treated can go a long ways to, to cover a lot of things in life, to honor marriage, as he speaks of it there. And then he talks about the love of money and how that can affect us uh, in regards to greed and covetousness in our lives. And then he talks about contentment. In everything, be content with what God has blessed us with. I think it's interesting, <clears throat> excuse me, the, the six things that he has paired together there. But I think it also very interesting the way that he follows those. He follows those with promises from God. Listen to what he says. He says, be content with what you have, for he himself has said. So he finishes this list of six things that are a part of the Christian living and Christian lifestyle. And then he says, be content with where you are in life because, he says, I will never desert you, nor will I ever forsake you. So he gives us promises from God to follow those six things. As he gives us those promises, he said the result of that uh, is very powerful. Uh, it's very uh, uh, connected to us and to Him and brings confidence as we face life and we live in regards to the principles that He's just given to us. But I want you to notice in relationship to the principles of Christian living, He listed to start the chapter, He teaches us four lessons today. And this is what I want us to learn together. The first lesson is this. In all these things and so much more, God is with me. I do not have to face these things alone. In all of these things and so much more, God is with me. I do not have to face these things alone. Understanding the presence of God. He follows it with a promise. And the promise is what? I will never desert you. I will never abandon you. I will always be with you. And so he says, you do not have to deal with these principles. You do not have to deal with these actions of Christian lifestyle by yourself. He says, I will be with you through these things. And so when he talks about loving the brethren, sometimes it's hard to love other people. Sometimes other people can be so ornery and so difficult and so challenging. But he says, I'll be with you while you love the brethren. Sometimes when we face and we look at it in life and we talk about those six things that he's talked about, uh, we understand that sometimes strangers, it, it can be very uncomfortable to be hospitable. Now, notice he makes a difference between brethren and strangers. Brethren are people that we know. Brethren are people that are people of the same faith, people that have in common with us. Strangers are people that we do not know. People that we do not have things in common with. And sometimes it's very hard for us to be comfortable around strangers. And yet what he instructs us to do is to be hospitable. To treat them with hospitality or kindness, if you would. And he says, I know sometimes that can be hard to do, but he says, I'll be with you. I won't make you do it on your own. I'm not asking you to deal with it by yourself. He promises, I will be with you. 
And we can go all the way through that list of each of the things that he talks about. Those that are in prison. Those that are ill-treated. He talks about the marriage relationship. He talks about the love of money. He talks about contentment in life. All of these things he promises and says, I will be with you. You do not have to deal with these things by yourself. And so if we're ever going through anything in life that we feel like we're on our own, that we feel like we're struggling by ourselves, we can be assured and confident that God has promised He will be with us. He will never forsake us. He will never abandon us. He will always be with us. Earlier in Hebrews chapter 7 and verse 25, I want you to think about this word for this verse for just a moment. This is what it says. That He lives to continually make intercession for us. Now think about that for a moment. It's talking about Jesus. And it says that He lives... To continually make intercession for us, the Son of God, the Savior of the world, is praying for you and for me personally. Think about that. Intercession means praying on behalf of someone else. Intercessory prayer. And it says that He lives to make intercession for us. In other words, the Son of God, the Savior of the world, right now, He's praying for you. Right now, He's lifting you up to the Father and asking Him to be with you in your life, in the things that you're facing and the things that you're dealing with and and the things that you're going through. He lives to continually make intercession for us. Praying on our behalf continually. I don't know about you, but when I read those words and I think about the idea, the concept, That the Son of God, the Savior of the world, is speaking to the Father on my behalf. He's talking to the Father about my life. He knows me. He knows who I am. He knows what I'm going through. And He is talking to the Father about the needs that I have in my life. I don't know about you, but that just overwhelms me. To think about the fact... That Jesus, who died on the cross to save me from my sins, who conquered sin and grave and rose victoriously and reigns at the right hand of the Father, He's talking to the Father for me. That's an overwhelming thought. It's an unbelievable concept and principle from God's Word for you and I to understand that we do not have to face this life alone. He will never leave us. He will never forsake us. He will always be with us. Second principle or or lesson is this. Not only is He with me, He's here to help me. Not only is He with me, He's here to help me. If you want to leave your finger there in Hebrews, flip over with me in the beginning of the New Testament to the Gospel of John. And in the Gospel of John, chapter 14, I want to read just a couple of verses there to to emphasize and underline the fact that not only is He with me, He is here to help me. Uh, John, chapter 14, beginning in verse 15. These are the words of Jesus. Listen to what Jesus is saying. He says, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper. I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may be with you, what's the word, forever. Some scriptures say always. 
He says, I'm going to, to depart from you. He's talking about his ascension into heaven. And when I leave, he said, I'm going to ask the Father, and the Father's going to send you a helper. That helper is the Holy Spirit, that he may be with you forever. That is the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it does not behold him or know him. But you know him, because he abides with you and will be in you. He says, I don't want you to deal with these things on your own. In fact, let me help you with it. Drop down to verse 26 in that same chapter, John chapter 14. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I said to you. He says, here's the thing. I'm going to leave earth. I'm going to ascend back into the presence of the Father. But when I leave... I'm not going to leave you alone. In fact, not only am I not going to leave you alone and that, that I will always be with you and never forsake you, he said, I'm going to send a helper who will be in you, who will help you to do these things that we're talking about, who will help you in the spiritual journey of your life, who will help you to love the brethren and to be hospitable uh, you know, to strangers, to be concerned about and, and conscious of those who are in prison ill-treated, to help you in regards to your marriage relationship, to help you in regards to money and the love of that and, and the things that it can bring in your life, to help you to be content in life. He's a helper. So not only did he promise that he will be with us, he said, I'm here to help you. I'm here to work with you and walk with you through these things in life. And he said to be with you forever. In other words, when we became a Christian, we accepted Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. We're buried in the wide grave of baptism to rise to walk in the newness of life. The scripture says we put to death the old self. We resurrected to the new self, to a new life, to walk in that new life. And when we did, the spirit came to live in us, to help us live that life. And he said, I will never leave you. Now, sometimes we squelch the Spirit. The Scripture talks about that in that we don't listen to Him and we don't let Him lead us and guide us like He desires to. We don't let Him help us as we should. And so we kind of push Him back, but He's never going to leave us. He says He will be with you forever, always. The Holy Spirit living within us to help us live the life that God calls us to live and instructs us to live within His Word. Third thing is this. His present presence and helps removes fear from life his presence and help removes fear from life notice what paul writes there in hebrews as he says listen he said himself i will never abandon you i will never forsake you i'll always be with you and he said so that we with confidence can say what i won't be afraid his presence and his help removes fear from our lives Fear is one of the most powerful forces in all of life. Fear will keep us from doing things that we should do. Fear will cause us to do things that we should not do. It will cause us to run when we should stand firm. It will cause us to, to be paralyzed and immovable when we should retreat or advance. And, and fear can control many and every area of our life. Fear can overwhelm us if we're afraid that, that, well, if I do this, what will the outcome be? If I take this stand, what will happen in my life? 
fear of, of failure, fear, fear of, of whatever rejection, fear of, of whatever it might be. Fear has a great power and controlling presence in our life. And he says that with confidence, the presence of the Lord in his help is the cure of all fear in our lives. We do not have to live in fear. We do not have to be afraid. He says, I promise I'll be with you. I'll never leave you or forsake you. I will help you in the journey, your spiritual journey of life. And he says, because of that, you do not have to be afraid. If you're here this morning and you've been living in fear, stop it. If you're here this morning and something has caused you not to do what you should do because you were afraid. Or cause you to do something that you should not do because you're afraid. If you are living in any type of fear in your life today, he says, if you trust in me and that I am who I say I am and I will do what I say I will do, I have promised I will never leave you and forsake you. The Spirit will always be with you to help you. And because of that, you do not have to be afraid. Don't live in fear any longer. Choose today that you are not going to live in fear. You're going to live in the confidence that God is with you. He will never leave you, never forsake you. His Spirit will help you and see you through whatever it is that you're fearing in your life. I encourage you, I implore you, do not live in fear any longer if you're living in fear today. You have the power and the ability to change that. But the choice is up to you. Fourth and final thing is this. What he does for me is far greater than anything any man can do to me. What he does for me is far greater than anything any man can do to me. Go with me, if you would, to Romans, the eighth chapter. There is a powerful, powerful passage of Scripture that helps us to see and to know and to understand and to overcome some of that fear in our lives because of what He has promised for us. Romans chapter 8. I want to begin reading this morning in verse 31. Read with me as we go through this. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who is against us? That ought to be enough right there, shouldn't it? Shouldn't that be simply enough if we stop right there to understand that I don't need to live in fear, that, that what God can do for me is far greater than what any man can ever do to me in life? If God is for me, who can be against me? He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us, or for, uh, for us all, how will he not also with him freely give us all things? Who will bring a charge against God's elect? God is the one who justifies. Who is the one who condemns? Christ Jesus is he who died, yes, rather who has raised, who is at the right hand of God, who, who also intercedes for us. There it is again. He intercedes for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness 
or peril or sword, just as it is written, for thy sake we are being put to death all day long. We were considered as sheep to be slaughtered. But in all these things, here he says, listen to what he says, in all of these things, we overwhelmingly conquer through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life nor angels, nor principalities, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. He says, listen, what God does for us is far greater, far greater than what any man can ever do to us. He says, I want you to understand the importance of living life without fear. Of knowing that we are, listen to those words again, in all of these things, we overwhelmingly conquer. We overcome it in a big way, he says. It's it's a big picture for us. And then he lists all of these things and he says, anything you can imagine, it cannot separate you from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. He says, listen, put fear behind you. Don't live in it any longer. Trust me in that I am who I say I am. I will do what I say I will do. I will provide for the needs of your life. I will help you through the journey in whatever things you're facing. And you can overwhelmingly conquer in all of these things. My prayer for you this morning is that every one of us would live life from this day forward without fear. That we can leave fear behind us and we can move forward in the confidence of the promises of God's word. That he is ever with us. He will never forsake us. He will never abandon us. And he has sent a helper who will live for us, with us forever within us to help us live the Christian life. If you're here this morning... And you've been living in fear. This invitation is for you. If you're here this morning and you've never named him and made him Lord and master of your life, this invitation is for you. It is a time for us to make changes in our life to say, I'm not going to live in the grip of fear any longer. I'm going to leave it behind me. And I'm going to follow him forward in life, trusting in the promises of his word. If there's a decision in your heart, won't you come as we stand?